you are listening to the Grace and Wrath podcast. This is Mark. Living a truly fulfilling life without Christ is impossible, and choosing to die without Christ is pure insanity. Repentance of sin and belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved by God's grace from God's wrath. Welcome back to the Grace and Wrath podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome. In this series, we're telling Bible stories in chronological order and adding tips and commentary to help you share the gospel more easily and effectively. Today's story is The Lord is My Banner. And again, we're still in the book of Exodus. As the people of Israel continued to move towards Sinai, they camped at a place that had no water. They once again complained to Moses, Why did you bring us here to die? At least in Egypt we had water. Is the Lord really with us? Moses yelled at the Lord, What am I to do with these people? I bring them here, and now they're about to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Take your staff and stand in front of the people. Have some of the elders with you. I'll stand in front of the rock. Hit the rock and water will come out so people can drink. Moses did as the Lord commanded and hit the rock. Water gushed out. It was enough for all the people and the livestock. While they were at that same location, the people of Amalek attacked them. Moses told Joshua to organize the men for battle. Moses then stood on the side of the hill and held his hands in the air. As long as his hands were high in the air, Joshua was victorious. But when his hands came down, the people of Amalek started winning. Moses' arms became tired and heavy, so he sat on a stone with Aaron and Hur on each side. They supported his hands, so he could keep them high in the air. The three men stayed there until the sun went down. Joshua was victorious over Amalek. Moses then built a monument and called it, The Lord My Banner. Jethro was the father-in-law of Moses. He had watched over his daughter and her two sons while Moses was in Egypt. He brought them back once the Israelites camped at Mount Sinai. Moses went out to greet his family. He told Jethro about what the Lord had done for the people of Israel, how God's hands were against Pharaoh and the Egyptians. He also shared some of their hardships and how the Lord delivered them. Jethro then led the people in a sacrifice to God. The next day, Moses sat down to do his work as a judge for the people. Jethro watched as people came with every dispute they had, great and small. It was up to Moses to decide who was right in each case. This went on all day. As he was judging, Moses was also teaching God's laws to the people. That evening, Jethro said, What you're doing isn't good. You're wearing yourself down, as well as the people. You need to realize that this is too big a job for one man to handle. Here's some advice, and I believe it's God's will for you. It's your job to teach the people about the Lord and His commandments. You're also to represent their needs to God. You must keep yourself free to do this. So select some good men who fear God. Make sure they don't take bribes. If they do, the people won't trust them. Place them at different levels over one another. Their full-time job should be judging the people. They're to deal with everyone's problems while bringing the more difficult conflicts to you. The people will be happy with this, but mainly it frees you to do God's will. Moses listened to this advice and followed it. He chose qualified men and placed them at different levels of responsibility. These men devoted themselves to their new task. 
Still, all the difficult cases were brought to Moses. After all of this was done, Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law, and Jethro went home. Verse 17.6 reads, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it that the people may drink. Matthew Henry comments regarding this verse, quote, The apostle says that rock was Christ. It was a type of him. While the curse of God might justly have been executed upon our guilty souls, behold, the Son of God is smitten for us. Let us ask and receive. There was a constant abundant supply of this water. Numerous as believers are, the supply of the Spirit of Christ is enough for all. The water flowed from the rock in streams to refresh the wilderness and attended them on their way towards Canaan. And this water flows from Christ through the ordinances in the barren wilderness of this world to refresh our souls until we come to glory. Moving to verse 17, 9. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Emelech. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. We hear sermons about Aaron and Hur holding up the hands of Moses as Joshua led Israel in the battle against Amalek as examples of intercessory prayer. As long as Moses' hands were held up, Joshua prevailed. But notice what Moses was holding, the rod of God. When we lift up the rod of the law in the battle for souls, we will prevail. Scripture and church history testifies to that. The enemy hates the use of the law in witnessing because he knows that if our evangelistic efforts, of course with the help of God, produce genuine converts, they will in turn reproduce their own kind, set our churches on fire, and bring revival to this dying world. And lastly, verse seventeen fourteen. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book, and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. God told Moses to write this for a memorial in the book, and God preserved the book for 5,000 years so skeptics would know that God keeps every promise he makes. The phrase, I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven, means that he will blot them out as a nation from the earth. There are no descendants of the Amalekites on the earth. They don't exist. I'd also like to comment that the story of Moses' hands being held up, it's a symbol that is something we need to remember. We need to support one another in holding up the rod of God, the gospel of Jesus, when we're witnessing. We need to support each other. It's important to do God's work without burning ourselves out. The Bible verses that we read also talked about basically sharing the load, certain tasks, certain chores, Jethro instructed Moses to do and let other elders, other trusted men do some of the other tasks. This is important. This is important in a church. A pastor can only do so much. Um, he needs supporting members, uh, whatever your denomination calls them, elders, deacons. It's important that the load is shared. So support each other, look to each other, or lift each other's hands up. Don't feel you have to do this alone. If you haven't already, I encourage you to heed the Lord's call, turn from your sins, believe the gospel, and receive the gift of salvation that Jesus is offering you right now. If you like what you're hearing, please like and subscribe to the program. 
and please consider giving us a good review. It really does help. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Grace and Wrath and on the web at graceandwrath.com. Thanks for listening. This is Mark signing off for now. So ride hard, pray often, and talk about Jesus wherever you go.